Hailing Frequencies Open, and welcome to Star Trek Discoverage, the live podcast that boldly goes into excruciating detail about this week's episode of Star Trek Discovery. I'm your host, Aaron Coker, a.k.a. Caliban, and I'm starting to suspect that this autographed 8x10 of Javid Iqbal might not be authentic. I'm joined on the show, as usual, by Ella Pearson. She is the co-host of the Generations Geek podcast on the Chronic Rift Network, which is at chronicrift.com. Welcome back, Ella. Thank you. Ella. When can we expect another alien-themed episode of Generations Geek? <laughs> um, imminently. 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 Immediately. Coming or, right at you. <laughs> okay. All right. Good. <laughs> uh, you guys have a plan to, what, go through all of the alien movies? Yes. So um, next up will be our Aliens episode. Sure. Um, of course, since we've done, um, the prequels, if we want to count those and with the originals. Sure. <laughs> and then we did our alien episode, which is up, as you know, and then aliens will be soon. And, um, then we'll be interviewing, uh, the author of Technology. Oh, wonderful. Uh, any plans to dovetail into the Predator universe? Well, you know what? We'll see. We've been talking about doing the crossover, but I personally haven't even seen any Predator movies yet. So oh, okay. if we do, it'll be my first time viewing and we'll record right after and it'll be a <laughs> it'll be a party. <laughs> yeah, that'll be a treat for you and uh, for us, too, hearing about your first experiences with those. And also you can uh, fit it in with the um, Shane Black one that's supposed to come out one of these days. <laughs> If you desire to. Uh, and joining us again on the show tonight is William Leisner. He's a three-time winner of the Strange New Worlds writing competition and the author of several books and stories set in the Star Trek universe, the most recent of which is the original series novel, The Shocks of Adversity. Bill, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me, Aaron. Good to have you back in the program. I wanted to ask you, this is a little off the subject of Star Trek, but we were talking at Convergence a year or two back, and you were telling me about a short story that you wrote in which Rod Serling and Gene Roddenberry team up to solve a murder. Can you talk more about that? Oh, yes. Uh, that <laughs> That is my uh, original uh, novelette, I guess, is uh, uh, A Dimension of Death. It's currently available as an ebook at... Uh, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, all the uh, ebook retailers, and uh, yeah, like you say, it uh, takes place during the final year of the Twilight Zone, uh, the same year that Gene Roddenberry was doing his pre-Star Trek series, The Lieutenant, and they right. were both uh, based out of MGM Studios, and uh, I came up with the idea of uh, what would happen if the two of them had cross paths at this particular point in their careers sure sure i, I love that uh and that just comes from I, I assume like your love of star trek and uh, the twilight zone oh yes i i've been a fan of you know both forever uh rod serling has been a writing idol of mine for you know many many years sure yeah, I love stories like that um, where characters, like famous historical characters, meet up. Um, I think like like Wold Newton fantasy type things when like Sherlock mm -hmm. Holmes teams up with Doc Bronze or something like that. I love those genre mashups. It was a lot of fun to write and a lot of fun to you know, fit little pieces of <laughs> their, is, their respective careers together. Sure. And does it give a look at uh, sort of uh, TV of, of the time, of the mid-60s as well? Oh, yes. It's... Uh, you know, like I said, it does actually take place on the MGM studio lots sure. <laughs> uh, while they're 
you know, while they're uh, filming the Twilight Zone and has little bits of, you know, that's the television of the, of the year, like uh, Perry Mason and Candid Camera and things like that. Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, and for interested readers, it's available, like you said, on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and all those places. So check it out. Now that we're in Chapter 2 of Discovery, what do you think of the show up to this point, Bill? I am really impressed by the way it is all now coming together. <laughs> I'm at the, you know, at the, you know, at the start of this uh, chapter two, after the break, it was like, Oh, the mirror universe. We're just going to go back to do mirror universe episodes. Like, you know, DS nine didn't, they're just going to go and do some wacky stuff. And, but right. no, they're going, it's, this is like now going to be at least a four episode arc. And yeah, the, uh, the the theories that you have been uh, espousing for the past <laughs> couple of weeks have uh, actually uh, panned out. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, I would not say that they were conspiracy theories so much as just, you know, getting the feel of the terrain, seeing, you know, where the direction of the uh, journey is going. But, yeah, a lot of those things have kind of paid off. And as far as you were talking about, like, telling a story in this mirror universe as being different than earlier shows, it helps that... It's a lot of compressed storytelling. You know, the, the episode was about 38 minutes long tonight, which is really short. Um, it's yeah, I was, I was so shocked far. when it just, oh, we're already going into the next time on. It's yeah, like, right. And even the scenes of what we see, I felt like they were really driving it forward, like just giving you these quick hits, like, he's sick, you got to help him. Okay, oh, we've got the technology. Oh, we got this, we got this. Like, it just, you know, it's very, uh, very... Um, terse storytelling we're just kind of getting right through it to the next part yeah well uh like i said we are just watched the uh, episode 12 of star trek discovery entitled vaulting ambition and we're here to break it down for you as always we're setting a course for the spoiler zone listeners so be warned we're glad you've decided to join us but if you haven't seen this episode spoilers are incoming so watch out the official synopsis for the episode this week is burnham heads to the iss karen with a special gift for the emperor with the help of an unexpected source stamets gains clarity while trapped inside the mycelial network and saru asks for laurel's help the episode is written by Jordan Nardino and directed by Hanel M. Culpepper. And, well, let's recap real fast. Last week on Star Trek Discovery, big things, big things were happening. We met Mir Saru, Mir Valk, Mir Sarek, Mir Stamets, uh, Tyler Volk, which I've, I've heard there's a there's a portmanteau now. Uh, Ella, you'll love this. Viler, have you heard that? <laughs> so we'll just call him Viler from now on. Uh, Valor got exposed. And guess what? Mir Giorgio is the emperor. And this week, uh, things aren't much better. We're right up to our necks in it. Uh, the title of this episode, of course, comes from a quote from Macbeth, and Trek is no stranger to a good illusion or a good Shakespearean illusion at that. And what I'm wondering is, um, the full line from Macbeth is, I have no spur to prick the sides of my intent, but only vaulting ambition, which or leaps itself and falls on the other. So who is this referring to? Who has the ambition? Who's the spur in this case? You know, what, does this refer to a particular person or is it just covering all of the action here? I don't know. Who would, it, would it be Lorca? Well, uh, <laughs> spoilers. I'm not really. But yeah, at the end of the episode, <laughs> I, think, I think we kind of find out that, yeah, maybe it does refer to Lorca. I mean, there's no shortage of uh, people with ambitions in the episode. Yeah. I mean, oh, yes. Oh, yes. You got, I, your, you got your emperor wants to... Uh, <laughs> 
you know, uh, solidify her grip on, you know, her power. And yeah, you got Lorca who has some, some kind of agenda. Yes. And, uh, you've got, um, Viler, if we're going to stick with that, uh, and Laurel who have had, or at least had shades of kind of a Macbeth and Lady Macbethian, uh, kind Mm -hmm. of uh, relationship. So, um, boy, this kind of goes into a lot of things that I want to talk about this week. Uh, let's talk about, first of all, I guess, the what I think of the big reveal of the episode, which is that, uh, yeah, uh, the quote-unquote theory that some people had that Lorca was the mirror universe's Lorca and not ours uh, all along has been true. So does that retroactively kind of make him not the main character, but sort of a, a bigger deal than he's been? Uh, previously. He's not just this kind of mean captain. He's kind of set all this in motion. I think it, I think it's a really big deal, right? Like, it changes everything, especially since going in, I feel like everyone's initial reactions were like, why is he such a weird captain? Like, (laughs) he acts so different from every other Star Trek captain we know. And it's like, Oh, <laughs> oh, okay. and where That's you know up until now it was kind of like okay, Michael is you know they they've said from the beginning you know this is going to be different because we're going to focus on Michael rather than a captain, right? And so now we realize that the reason we're not making the captain the central heroic figure is because there's something very wrong with him, <laughs> right? <laughs> body. And then, yeah. you know, not just regular wrong with him. <laughs> <laughs> I had a, uh, a sort of I have a couple continuity questions actually. Um, it's sort of introduced uh, the idea that in this parallel universe, it isn't just opposite. It's a little different in that I guess all humans have like a light sensitivity in this universe. Now that's not nothing that's backed up by any previous existing canon, is it? No. Okay. I mean, yeah, I was a little confused as to why they chose that, but when. Georgiou's eyes hurt and then she was and then she went on to like explain I was like oh my god right yeah right (laughs) this isn't happening right and if everybody's eyes hurt in that universe then why do they have this big glowing ball in the middle of the Caribbean (laughs) the only thing is that they always shot uh, the mirror you know for DS9 and for uh, Enterprise they always shot the mirror universe in darker tones. Yeah. That's Just, true. You know, of course, you know, that was always because it's evil and it's yeah. dark. <laughs> it's literally a darker universe, right. But but this is, I mean, that's that's a retcon of that, I suppose. Yeah, so it, it fits in a little, but... Although if you go back to Mirror Mirror, you know, the, the uh, wild man Kirk wasn't squinting and things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. In every Let revolution, go, there's one man that wears lights. sunglasses, right. <laughs> Uh, well, I guess that raises the question then, or maybe it's just an afterthought. Uh, where's our Lorca? Did he go down with the Baran then? That was my question. L- literally yeah. how, like, so Mir Lorca got to, um, like, the Federation universe. Right. And somehow took the, he like, he did he take the place of our Lorca? Or, like, the real Lorca? Or, because, I mean... Or, or did the two Barans cross over? Yeah, like, and they had both been um, destroyed. And the real Lorca went down with his ship, and the mirror Lorca said, 
you know, screw this. I'm that's, like, jump, that's jump into me. The like, pod. yeah, I'm a captain now. Plus, yeah, he has to destroy um, the evidence, right? Yeah, I was. Yeah, I'm excited to see where they go. I don't really. I don't know. I'm I'm confused, and so I what... feel like the first half of the season was not slow, but like well, now that up. we've yeah, yeah now that sure. we've gotten into the mirror universe, everything's happening. Like all everything's happening at once. Like last week we had um, the reveal of Viler, and then this week we had Lorca right after, which I wasn't expecting at all. Right. I don't know. I'm. I'm shooketh. So, you, <laughs> verily thou art shooketh. Uh, do you think that uh, Mirror Stamets then was instrumental in getting Lorca into our universe? And that's something I'm curious about because Mirror Stamets was evidently on, or is evidently on the uh, Mirror Charon, and right. he was experimenting with the spore drive and. Was I mean, it's, it doesn't seem like he was getting anywhere. He was just in the lab and theorizing. Yeah. So what the connection between him and whatever happened to the mirror Buron, that's not clear yet. Right. Um, yeah, I just I was just sort of positing that, you know, perhaps that's how he sort of ended up in his um, spore coma or whatever you want to call it, right. uh, was through some kind of experiment to get him over there. Because uh, uh, we don't really see it, you know, a lot. He he does interact with him after he meets himself. Nice to meet you, me. Uh, and explains uh, sort of what's going on. He does act as kind of an antagonist as our Stamets is trying to kind of work his way through the mysteries of what's his visions and what's going on. And so now that they're both awake and he is the Mirror Universe guy, I have to imagine that he will sort of be acting as some kind of antagonist to what our Stamets is trying to do to, to get people home. I was kind of hoping that because Stamets is just so pure that Mir Stamets would also just be like kind of nice, like he's chill, like he <laughs> <laughs> he works for the bad guys, but like is he like gonna hurt our characters? No, I hope, but I'm also like if if he doesn't have full a uh, full understanding or full control over like all of the like spore science. Right. then I feel like that's motive for him to start being sketchy right there. Because sure. <laughs> I think if he was going to be evil, like evil Stamets would do anything to like get his hands on that. That's true. I mean, they both have a scientific detachment, I suppose, sort of yeah. like uh, both uh, Spock and Mirror Spock's sort of logical detachment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So maybe that will mean that he's not as evil as we think he could be. Uh, another question of continuity. I know that this sort of, slides around a little bit but they have this information on the defiant but doesn't the defiant go through inner space like later in our timeline i know they said there's a temporal element to you know what happens in inner space and i'm not exactly up on my enterprise episodes uh where they're dealing with the defiant but it seems like it can sort of shifts around as far as the time frame goes well uh the enterprise episode when they had the two-part mirror universe uh story on Enterprise, they tied in the Defiant from, oh gosh, what is the original series title? Uh, the Tholian Web. Tholian, Tholian Web. Web. Mm -hmm. So they posited that the Tho the Defiant from the Tholian Web came through to the Mirror Universe and also came back 100 years. Right. Okay, sure. So it was discovered during Archer's time. Right. In the 
Mirror Universe. And that was the Mirror Universe's first clue as to the Federation universe, the Prime Universe. Sure. So I guess the fun question is, like, do you think that we'll get a um, a 100-year-old Defiant flying around in uh, the current Mirror Universe? If it's still out I there would, somewhere. I would love that. I would love that, too. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen, though. <laughs> yeah, I'd be surprised. I don't know. I'd be surprised, but I would be so down for, like, one of the, like, an old-looking ship. I mean, these ships are, you know, they're the same. It's the same time period, but... um. Sure, yeah. Well, then it they couldn't be... have it look old. Wait. Well, okay. maybe, well, they'll put some, you know, some glitz on I'm it. I'm not something. as excited anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, given given the design decisions that they've made for this series, I'm not sure how they would. Do I that. support them, but my initial excitement was just like, "We can have an old looking ship," and then I was like, "Wait, no." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, but the funny thing, you know, the funny thing is, is that on the Enterprise episode, they filmed that classic set in such a way that it was like, "Wow." Yeah. This is this is shiny and modern and much mm-hmm. more, you know, bright and mm-hmm. futuristic than yeah. what we're aware of or yeah. what, what we're familiar with. It can't be and, too bright uh, though. But it was too bright. <laughs> it was it was way too bright and, and they didn't they didn't notice that the lights were too bright in that episode either. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, this series, like you were talking about, sort of paying things off. It's uh, I think there's a good chance that we could see that still because they definitely seem to want to deliver the fan service. But I think they've de- uh, they definitely done their homework and they've laid the groundwork for these sort of payoffs. Like, oh yeah, he, this guy really is a Klingon, or oh that guy really is from the Mirror Universe. Mm-hmm. And they definitely um, they've uh, they've earned those reveals. So yeah, seeing the Defiant flying would be pretty cool. Um, I think it's time to play a new game, which is choose a Kelpian. Oh, my God. (laughs) Choose a Kelpian for what? For what purpose? Well, if you don't ask. Oh, my God. Uh, Do Kelpians count as seafood? That's what I need to know. Oh, no. (laughs) Uh, That was brutal. And uh, that's how you know they're bad guys. Oh, this episode was, like, so dark. (laughs) Yeah. That scene when Giorgio's just, like, when when she just drops that bomb and it cuts to Burnham and Burnham's, like, oh, like, no, no. (laughs) And then the the ganglia, oh, my God. (laughs) It's the best part. And and they establish from the start, Kelpians are prey. Oh, man. Yeah, and if you can get them on the hoof uh, fresh like that, that's the best way to get them. Oh, my (sighs) God. But yeah, that's. Uh, I thought that that was, uh, you know, shocking in a way that it should be. But it was definitely over the top. It's like we get it; they're evil. Uh, but geez, the they're game, eating, yeah, they're eating yeah. people. <laughs> oh man! Something How I... long is Burnham gonna keep that secret from Sulu too? Because yeah, I know. Even know that <laughs> they're slaves, and now it's so much worse. She has to be like, by the way, I didn't tell you because I thought I thought it was bad that you guys are like servants. But um, guess what? It's You're delicious. Unbelievably worse. Right. <laughs> something that i noticed uh that they played well in that scene is that burnham's really good at this i mean it she gets tripped up because apparently the mirror version isn't of her isn't very good at this but like she's really good at playing this role like she has Giorgio all the way up to the point where you know Giorgio pulls a knife on her because she's like yeah yeah you know the other you was gonna screw me over and all this but like she's getting really good at playing this role 
she was I th- she was really good up until the ganglia, and then I think <laughs> yeah. the cracks well, yeah. <laughs> started forming. <laughs> oh boy, can we get that to go? Yeah. Um, oh man. I mean, yeah, Sneakwood just continues to impress me. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah, she's she's been really good, and I think that we've really seen how this character um, is really good at getting the job done. You know, I mean, any um, Starfleet officer is good at what they do and is determined, but she definitely has something, something extra and something special. I really like the, how uh, after she confronts uh, Giorgio and they're talking about just immediately, she's doesn't, I I don't know if it's part of her character and just her um, integrity, but her immediate play is, okay, look, I'm from another universe. Like maybe this is the only card I have. Maybe I'm sick of lying. Maybe I want to come clean to this alternate version of my mentor, but here's the deal. I'm from another universe. Check this out. And her having the badge, you know, it kind of becomes, from a story perspective, a kind of talisman, you know, to the next part here. She's able to prove that, you know, she's from another universe and it sort of leads to the next thing. I really saw that as, like, she had nothing else to say that would make Emperor Giorgio listen. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. I was and I didn't think that she was going to. And then, I, yeah, I was very surprised by a lot of things in this episode. But I mean, she, she didn't have a lot of cards in her hand. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Just a just a badge. And then, of course, uh, once the secret is revealed or Giorgio confirms it, then she totally kills everybody else. She can't have that information leaking. <laughs> she just wanted everybody, yeah. And then and then immediately she's like, hey, can you keep a secret? And the guy's like, yes, 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 I can. <laughs> Absolutely. Ab- yes, yes, yes. The answer is yes. My lips are sealed. <laughs> so um, that plot, the way that plot line sort of develops is we essentially get, you know, a full reveal from, um, from Burnham to the Emperor about the spore drive technology. And it seems like there's a tacit agreement between them to exchange information about the Defiant for spore drive information. Do you think that Burnham will uh, follow through on that? I don't think she intends to. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And of course, at that point in the story, we didn't realize that there was the mirror Stamets who was working along those same lines. And yeah. She right. doesn't know that either. That's uh, another interesting piece of the story that we'll have to look forward to. But... I wouldn't be surprised either way, because I think they're getting a little desperate. Oh, okay. Because I would be desperate and terrified, especially um, now with Lorca. I'd be like, it's time to get out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> That will change the game totally, I think, when she learns about that. Yeah. Um, but she's always been, you know, she's just Starfleet through and through, and she's always really been about the objective. So if the objective is get everybody home, then maybe it doesn't matter what happens in this universe. Although, you know, this is, we're talking about Giorgio. We're talking about somebody that she has a connection to, even if it's not her Giorgio. So, yeah, um, it's nice to not know where the story's going. <laughs> I'm not saying that we've totally called everything. You know, we've seen, like I said, the shape of the story. But, yeah, I don't I don't really know what, what's going to happen with that. Yeah, I mean, even with, you know, like the reveals of, you know, uh, Viler and... Uh, <laughs> I like Viler. I think that's sticking. And, and, Me too. And Mirror Lorca. Even, you know, even now that we do have those reveals that have been planted from, you know, the very beginning. I I have no idea what's going to happen in the next two episodes. 
<laughs> yeah. I also and... just, I hope that Burnham, like, as a character, I hope she doesn't feel like she owes this Georgia something. Because that's kind of something that they were talking about at the beginning of the episode. Like, Lorca was like, this isn't your Georgia. And it's right. like, it's it's not. She's going to kill you. <laughs> right. So, I don't know. But obviously, like, I mean, it's it's so intense. Like, I can't even imagine. Like, and then eating dinner with her. I'm, I mean, Burnham eating dinner with Giorgio and just, like, her feelings about betraying her captain, like, and then this Giorgio calling her her daughter, like, that's all, I think, really overwhelming. Yeah, and was, was there a implication that, um, that Mir Burnham had had a relationship with Mir Lorca? Yes, oh, yes. that was <laughs> not okay. Yeah. Odd. Um strange but everything's gross it's the mirror universe puts the whole spin on everything that we've already seen happen like he's like yeah um you're like a convict but you can you can be on my ship that's fine (laughs) like yikes yeah um definitely strange uh do you think that at this point uh we're kind of skipping ahead to maybe who's going to live and who's going to die but do you see Lorca coming back to our universe at all yeah Unless he I, gets executed. I, I would not be surprised if Lorca does not see the end of season one. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> I, you know, whether whether he's going to bite it before he gets back to the Prime Universe, you know, or, or whether he survives and he decides that he actually does like the Prime Universe. Right. I mean, like I, yeah, like I just said, I... <laughs> there, there, there's so much that, you know, there's. It's a lot. <laughs> Everything is a lot right now. <laughs> and, you know, all bets are off at this point. Yeah. I think well, so. I also, I don't know if this is just me, but in the past few episodes, I feel like there have been moments between um, Lorca and Burnham that have been more like mentor mentee. Yeah. Um, where how I don't know I feel like I saw them getting a little bit closer and Michael was a little bit less like weirded out by this creepy captain who has like a torture room, and now <laughs> with this reveal, it's it's alarming. <laughs> like yeah. I wanna I'm I'm interested to see how her character reacts. Like honestly, because I think that she has some loyalty to him. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe not once she finds out like everything that he's done in the mirror universe. But I think that they had like a like a good. Um, I don't even know, like Captain. Whatever Michael is, and she's not in Starfleet's <laughs> relationship, yeah, right? Right. And this is going to change like everything. And I think the position that she's in, and maybe just her personality, she's not really all that judgmental. I think that even if she found out the stuff about him, you know, her instinct would yeah. be, look, let's just, we'll get you back. Starfleet will deal with you or whatever, but you don't deserve yeah. to like die here. But we'll see. Speaking of dying, hey, uh, we can see uh, <laughs> Dr. Culber again. Hugh returns. And <laughs> we find out that the mycelial network is the afterlife or what's going on? Yeah, there exactly? I was going to ask, like, why is he there? And he's like, because at first I was like, OK, like Paul is seeing him because in some part of his head, he knows that he's gone. And right. then Culver was like, 
I'm I'm gone. And I was like, this, I'm confused. <laughs> Back <Right>. up. <laughs> Why are you sentient? <laughs> yeah, is that like a hallucination or is yeah, he somehow in the network or, you know, I, we didn't see any other buddy or anybody else who had uh, recently departed. So. Or is that completely a uh, illusion in Stamets's head? True. Yeah. yeah. It still could be that. Possibly. Create. Cause he, since he was sort of gone yeah. when it happened, I knew, I knew you were dead. I held head. you in my body. Yeah. And my, you yeah. held your body in my arms. And... Right. And uh, the mirror Stamets had no perception of him. It seemed as well. Yeah, he didn't yeah. really react. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Also, though, if this is what they meant by, like, Culber's coming back, it's like, <laughs> okay, like, <laughs> don't, like, I don't even want to hear it. Well, <laughs> yeah. Although, I, I, you know, I do like the fact that whether it's really the person or not, you know, the actor does get to come back and he does play an instrumental role in um, yeah. in him figuring it out, you know, and kind of finding his way uh, back. Yeah, and it's nice for them to have, like, the goodbye because when he yeah. died, it was so quick. It was like the audience didn't get to really feel that moment right? because yeah. it was just, like, neck snap and Ash is out and that was it. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, you have the actual goodbye, and you have the yeah. goodbye kiss. Yeah, like, I you know, you have to let go of me so you can go yeah. save the universe. Yeah. yeah, it was a great scene. It was very touching. Um, I doubt any, that Mirror Stamets has anybody like that waiting for him at home. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> and it seems uh, there's an implication that Mirror Stamets has poisoned the mycelial network somehow, and that poison or taint has spread to our discovery. Yeah. Yeah, and like all of the like the f- entire forest is dead. Is that? That's it's 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 shriveling away. Dead yeah. Or yeah, like, yeah. I don't know because they. I mean, the spore drive is how they got there. So if the spore drive doesn't have spores, <laughs> like, and if they have to go back through uh, through inner space, they'll all come out crazy. Yeah. Right. So that's not going to work. Tear each other apart. <laughs> so as far, yeah. So as far as uh, future predictions are concerned, I guess the spore network being somehow disabled uh, by the end of the series, so that it's not available in regular TOS continuity, seems to be right on track. Yeah, yeah. It would make total sense because I mean, it has to, to go party, at some but, point. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So that seems to be on track. Uh, here's something that is on track or isn't on track. I don't even know at this point. We've got a Klingon who has become a human somehow, and a, a Klingon and a human are within one body, and that's a war, as Saru says. And my question is, um, why? Like, what's the nature of what they did to him that's so rough? I mean, that... Yeah, aren- I, I didn't... I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. That Arn yeah, Darvin yeah, guy they're... lasted for 30 years uh, hanging out around uh, <laughs> around uh, Sherman's planet or whatever. So how come, <laughs> right. it's, yeah. how come it's so rough for this guy? Uh, yeah. And, then, you know, ever from from the first that the whole Vok Tyler theories started popping up, it's like, OK, so, how, you know, what exactly is it? How does that compare to what we know about, you know, Darwin and how does that compare to, yeah, and, well, and why, and, and how do you get past DNA tests and how do you get right, that? Right, right. Because they keep playing, they've said that, like, because he killed Culver because Culver was like, you're not you because I just did like these scans or whatever and 
some like there's scar tissue around your organs and your bones. There's something about your bones that like they were shrunk or something weird. But then they talk about it sometimes like, oh, it's like all in his head. And it's like, how could, okay. So like scar tissue could just be scar tissue, but the, the, they've said stuff about his bones before where it's like, they've changed his bones. So how would that said that, you know, Laurel said that, you know, he was captured at the Battle of the Binary Stars. Yeah. And. So where, so like, where's like the real Ash Tyler? Like, is he dead? Is he, like, I don't understand what would have happened to him. Or if he even looks like what we know Ash Tyler as. Because if it's not his body, I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna... Maybe it's like that Nicolas Cage movie. They had to stick Vox face on Tyler, and so he's walking around <laughs> with Vox face on. That's just a guess. Uh, you know, actually, uh, you know, from the episode Errand of Mercy, we learned that Klingons have mind scanner technology. So perhaps they have some <laughs> ability to uh, transfer the psyche uh, from one person to another. And they definitely have some sort of... Um, uh, genetic uh, engineering program so maybe that explains how they could hide his dna it's it's complicated it's complicated yeah. but the important thing to figure out is what's going on with the laser fingers at the end of the yeah episode? i'm not <laughs> i'm not even sure like what happened because she looked at the end of it laurel looked like like sad like something had like it hadn't like it didn't work and he because then at first he was speaking in klingon and then when it got to the end he cut back to English and he was still saying the Klingon phrases, but he was saying them in English and then it cut to Laurel and she just looked like sad, like she had lost him. And so I don't like, was it successful? Was it not successful? Like what would have went wrong? Well, it seems like maybe the operation was a success, but the patient died because she does give a uh, a furious shot to let Stovacor know a warrior's coming. It seems like. Yeah. Like was that, yeah. Was that, that what she was doing? That that was my, how I read it. Because I couldn't tell. I was like, okay, so she's screaming, so is Valk dead, but Ash is a lot. Like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> like, I'm sure we'll, we'll figure it out. Well, you know, <laughs> we'll get there. Those laser finger tools were. Yeah. They can just they go we... through his, his hair and his skull. What are you doing? Hand. These are the wrong tools. <laughs> That's not for brain surgery. <laughs> And it's it's Federation equipment because it's not Klingon equipment. She yeah. Never, with, so it's like, what right. the? So why? That, 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 but what? And why was it her? I don't, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I guess from a meta perspective, I guess now my uh, my question is, what was the point of all of it? Like, oh. we have this this big secret, which now that I think about it is maybe hiding a bunch of other secrets. But we have this big secret, which is like clearly one actor is now in another role. But we asked last week, what was the plan? And like now that the plan has been derailed and this happens, what was the point of the entire storyline? Like, I, I I trust this show. I have faith in the writers that this is leading somewhere. But at this point, it kind of feels like, huh, that's something that just kind of didn't really go anywhere. Right. Yes, exactly. I mean, I you know, I've been trying to put the pieces together and, I, you know, I go back to the uh, the hairy mud uh, time jumping episode, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know Harry Mudd was trying to bring in discovery for the Klingons, right? And so, but Ash was very actively fighting against that, right? So he's not on the Klingon side from that from that episode. 
But that was also before he started having his like PTSD flashbacks, right? right? Yes. Like it didn't it didn't kick in until after that episode. So in that episode, Viler, whoever, still thought that he was Ash. Yeah. Mm. But you know, if 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 know. he had if he had let Harry Mudd capture the discovery, that yeah, it would have been mission accomplished. I've got no idea. <laughs> Nobody told him that he should play a game of solitaire, so he wasn't uh... right. No, that's it. Right. Uh, well, I think we've already talked about it a little, but it's time to check our still intact threat ganglia and try to figure out who's going to the big mycelial network in the sky, possibly <laughs> in future episodes. Uh, I'll put one in real fast. We've got somebody coming out. We see in the preview for next week, Landry. Looks like Landry's going to come back. Ooh. So that's kind of fun. You did not uh, spot that. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think <laughs> I think we watched it. Oh, you didn't watch him? Okay. Well, uh, slight spoilers then. <laughs> Um, I, I think maybe Lorca, I think there's a chance that, um, he'll get executed mm. by Giorgio. Okay. But I would be surprised if there wasn't like, like first there needs to be a reckoning between him and Burnham. Yeah. Uh, I, I think there's, Giorgio is probably going to bite it. Really? Okay. And I, at, at Burnham's hand. <gasps> oh boy. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> we're all speechless. Uh, I think thematically, yeah, that would fit, but that would be, if you're Burnham, do you just get home and go, I quit. I, I, I send me to prison. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> just just um, because you need one more kick in the teeth for Michael Yeah, Burnham. right. Oh, man. <laughs> this is, uh, wow, I feel bad for this author's characters, but yeah. Um, I think those are uh, both pretty good guesses. Uh, I think if we're going to bring Landry back, I think we can just offer just as fast. So she'll probably go down again. <laughs> uh, I had a question. Uh, are we supposed to... So there's this character that's torturing Lorca a lot uh, in this episode. And maybe I wasn't mm -hmm. paying attention in previous episodes, but uh, Maddox, right? Are we supposed to know the thing about his sister? Or is that an entirely new thing that's kind of been introduced? So I think it, that's new, right? Okay. I think that was completely un, unexplo unexplored backstory okay. until right now. Because until right after that, the audience still didn't know that that was mere Lorca. And so I think that right, we're supposed right, to right. be with what we think his character is at that point. Sure. Um, which during that scene, by the way, I was like convinced. I was like, all right, it's not mere Lorca. It's real Lorca. And he doesn't know the name. And that's why he's like like trying to help but not really saying anything and then afterwards i was like oh you're just a horrible person yep, you don't care okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh yeah he's a he's a bad guy but he's our bad guy <laughs> well i think that's just about it for this week thanks for joining us listeners if you like what you hear you can follow us on facebook and twitter at eist pod for updates and to get notified when new episodes of both this show discoverage and our other show enterprising individuals are released you can tweet to us on the show by using the hashtag discoverage or email us at eist Excuse me, it's EISTpod at gmail.com. Uh, while you're on the internet, why not head to your listening platform of choice and subscribe to our show. Give us a rating and a review if you can think of it because it really helps us out. And stop by our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash EISTpod. And if you like the show, tell a friend. Well, you can join us next Sunday night, January 28th. 28th for our next episode of Discoverage. We'll be talking about the 13th episode of Star Trek Discovery, What's Past is Prologue, which is another Shakespearean illusion and one that Trek has used several times before, and I hope they kept their punch card because, hey, the next one's free. <laughs> <laughs>
Ella, thanks for joining me on the show. Remind people where they can find you online. Generationsgeek.com and Generationsgeek on Instagram. Perfect. And Bill, where can people find you on the interwebs? Uh, if anybody is interested, I am uh, on Twitter. I am at B Leisner. Uh, I am on Facebook. I am William Leisner. And uh, if you want to check out my books on Amazon or Barnes & Noble, it's William Leisner. Yeah, awesome. Check out uh, Bill's Amazon page, too, and you can look him up on Goodreads. Uh, thanks again for joining me. Thanks for listening. And we are signing off. This is Aaron for Bill and Ella saying live long and prosper. Mm-hmm.